Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. Hello, MS Gym family. I am so glad that you joined us today, and I'm really excited for today's guest. Um, Kelly, I have known pretty much since the beginning of uh, the MS Gym. Kelly O'Connell was actually our very first moderator. And um, I got to know uh, Kelly well uh, from some of the groups um, behind the scenes, not kind of in the the front of the group, but uh, it's been so great getting to know Kelly on a personal level. And I have such admiration for her because she seems to be able to do it all. And uh, today I am so excited because um, Kelly's going to be talking about a topic that, you know, applies to so many of those, obviously in life, but also in the MS gym. So today we're going to be talking about what it's like to have MS and also to be in, involved in full-time employment. So Kelly, so glad you could join me today. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm glad to uh, glad to be here. Fantastic. So Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about um, when you were diagnosed and kind of how that uh, that journey progressed along? Sure. So I was diagnosed in 1999. Um, I was in a car accident and it, and it wasn't a major car accident, but it kind of was enough to probably bring out the symptoms for MS. And at the time, I didn't know. Um, so I was going to a chiropractor and I just felt like numbness and tingling. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if that is from an, the impact. So my chiropractor sent me um, to get an MRI. And then he saw the results and he was just like, you know, I think I need to refer you to a neurologist because it looks like you have MS. So the chiropractor is the one that um, diagnosed me with MS. So. Wow. Yeah, that, I was shocked. <laughs> that would be shocking and certainly yeah. not something you'd expect from a chiropractor visit. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So he kind of like, he was really, I mean, I was thankful that I was diagnosed sort of like right away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how did things kind of progress? Like, where would you say you are now? So 1999. So that is like 20 years ago. How would you say things Mm -hmm. have been in the last 20 years in regards to your MS? Well, you know, when I first was diagnosed, I had this neurologist and probably I've had, I've been in the same group for, I don't know, from the beginning. And so, but I've had three different neurologists in that group because they just seemed to pass away. Right. So, (laughs) um, and I remember my first neurologist saying to me, um, that you, you know, he just gave me a lot of literature and was like, you have to take naps during the day. And I was just, you know, obviously, um, other things, you know, about the heat intolerance and that sort of thing. But I was just like nap. And at the time, I mean, my kids were, they were young. Um, they were probably, uh, five and, and, five and eight, I think at the time. And I was just, and I wasn't working, um, at the time. And I was a a stay at home mom. 
And I was just like napping. That just never occurred to me. So I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Um, But so I just kept plugging along and, you know, didn't really think anything of it. Um, I have to say that it has been as, you know, slowly MS has, for me, it's really just slowly progressed. And, and I want to say it's been in the last five to seven years now that I have seen sort of a change, but I mean, I used to run and, you know, um, I've always watched what I, you know, and that sort of thing, but it's probably been the last five, five or six years that I noticed like sort of like a limp. Um, and that really kind of like has slowed down. Um, I, you know, my cardio before I used to, like I said, used to run now, you know, the cardio is, is not so, uh, it's not the same, you know, I can do an elliptical, but you know, I don't have the coordination to run anymore. Okay. So, um, today's topic, we're talking a lot about, uh, about work in MS. So would you uh, tell us about the type of work you do and, and maybe even when you started doing that work, cause you, you mentioned, um, in the beginning that you, you were raising two young kids and you were, mm-hmm. you know, being, being a mom was your full-time job. So right. tell us a bit, a little bit about your kind of your work history and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Sure. So I have, I work, I am a toddler teacher and I work 40 hours a week and I'm out of the house about 50, um, just because of the commute and that sort of thing. Um, I've been a teacher probably, um, I mean, since I was seven, I knew that I wanted to be an early childhood educator. So, you know, my oldest son now is 32. So I've been teaching for probably 33 years. Um, and so, like I said, I am a toddler teacher and I have been, um, I work with eight toddlers in the classroom and they range from 14 months to two years old and they really keep me on my toes. Um, I'm up and down on the floor. And I, you know, there's so many different, I think that being a toddler teacher is more physical, um, than, you know, being, uh, teaching children who are four and five where, you know, that's more mental, but, um, you know, it's so funny because I think that, um, when I'm at work, um, I, they, like I said, they keep me on my toes and, Uh, sometimes I have to forget what BGB is like when I have to get in between, um, a toddler who is biting another friend. And I feel like I'm like the matrix. I'm just going to dive right in and, you know, not think about BGB at that moment. So. Yeah. Tell us very briefly what BGB is for our listeners. Oh, sure. BG is butts, guts, and blades. No. (laughs) Okay. And that's, and that's, you know, that's part of the MS gym lingo. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the heartbeat of all we do. We've got uh, Trevor Wicken's voice always in their head telling us to activate our butts, get some blades. So, <laughs> so really it sounds, it's, it's true what you said about, you know, being a toddler teacher is way different than being a teacher of, 
you know, grade four and five or even high school or university, like it's so physically demanding, like just as you were talking about getting on on and off the floor, chasing, Mm -hmm. chasing toddlers, making, you know, getting in between biting fights and stuff like that. Right. Like, you know, for, for, you know, for a 20 something person who is a hundred percent able body, you know, that would, that would be an exhausting workout. And then, you know, added, you know, the complications and the, and the issues with MS, like that itself seems like it would be so exhausting. So I, you know, like I said, in the beginning, I've, I've admired you from the beginning because, you know, you put so much heart into, you know, the work you do behind the scenes and, and in the welcoming, uh, in the MS gym, but you give your heart out. Like it's not, it's not just a physical thing, but obviously, you know, you invest in the life of these toddlers. And so there's an emotional component too. So how do you go, like you said, 40 hours a week and then an extra 10 hours of commuting. So how the heck do you balance that out with sleep and exercise and family time and you've got a few grandkids too mm-hmm. how, do, how do you do it all like yeah woman? <laughs> well I think that the balance inside of it is you kind of have to like put yourself first in that sense of like like my husband is my biggest fan and he's behind me every step of the way and I am so thankful that we are empty nesters and I don't have small kids because you know, I don't know if, you know, it'd just be so hard to work and then come back and, you know, then have to take care of small children. But, you know, my husband, he does the dishwasher and the clothes. So I have to, you know, I just take care of the cooking. But the routine usually is that when I get home, you know, we'll have a coffee together and we'll talk about our day. And that, you know, my commute is probably about 35 minutes from back home. So, you know, I get that rest period there and then we'll, we'll talk for another half an hour. And so by then, um, I'm ready to either, um, start cooking or exercise. And in, I probably have for many years, um, have been exercising right after, um, you know, we sort of catch up, but, I do have to say that, you know, there are days that I'm just tired, but I know that it is so important for our bodies and, you know, we're our number one priority and we have to, it, for me, it feels so much better after I exercise, no matter how tired we are, we just sort of have to dig deep and we are worth healing. So, um, I think if you've got the great support system that you have behind you, um, you know, and as far as like doing work for the MS gym, you know, I, in the beginning I was just like, okay, I can only have time to like w- w- check my notifications and I'll only do notifications, forget about my personal Facebook wall. And, you know, after three and a half years or whatever, however it's been, I still am only doing notifications. Um, and I'll do that on my break at work. So, um, you know, I sort of get, um, get that done that way. Awesome. And I, and I love how you highlighted that you're the first priority because really it is because, you know, Trevor's talked about so many times, right? If it's like in an airplane, you need to put the oxygen mask first on yourself before you give it to other people. And exactly. Same, right. Like, like mama needs to be good. So the whole system works. Right. And yeah. And, 
So you, you know, you mentioned you don't have young kids, but you do, you have quite an involvement with your grandkids though. So that's right. got to add some more, you know, and obviously that's something you love to do, but that's, you know, you only have 24 hours in a day. So somehow that's got to fit in and, and emotionally too, you want to be there and be present. So, yes. so that definitely yeah. is something you have to, to schedule in as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like just the other day, my grandson was over and, and I was getting ready for dinner. I was cooking dinner and he came up to me. He goes, Nanny, can we make cookies? And in my brain, I'm like, Oh, I really wanted to work out. <laughs> I really wanted to work out after this dinner. But I thought to myself, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you just have to like figure out, you know, you have to, um, and I've, t- you've, um, taught me this, Jody, about spoons and, you know, and I feel like also making memories. And even though he's 10, he may not remember like baking cookies, but I will. And I'm just like, you know what? That workout can wait or you know what? It'll happen tomorrow and it's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we ended up baking cookies. And uh, so I'm glad I had that opportunity. That That's a great example. And you know what? The whole, you know, the whole point of the MS gym is to help make us stronger so we can make those memories, right? It's not, it's not about exercising so we can exercise more. It's about living life, right? Living a life. Exactly. Not by diagnosis. And right. And the, and you know, him, your grandson being 10, he's going to remember that for sure. 10 years mm-hmm. old. Is, well, those will be formative memories for him and certainly for you. So I'm, you know, I'm glad yeah. that you've given yourself grace to, to not be like a drill surgeon, like I have to do this, but you've given mm-hmm. yourself freedom to live and right and to love your family. So that's incredible. Yeah. So uh, my next question is, how do you uh, keep your threat bucket low? And and in regards for those in the MS gym, they'll kind of understand um, what that means. It's about when we talk about threat buckets, it's all the little things that happen to us in a day, whether it's intentional or non intentional. That kind of you know, we only have so much capacity to deal with stress in our life. And when things keep getting dumped in this bucket, it overflows. And, you know, in regards to MS, that's when our symptoms start to flare up. Um, so how, you know, obviously with COVID too, and, you know, all these kids that you're teaching, like there's so many things that would have just completely, you know, flooded your threat bucket. So how, you know, how did you deal with that, you know, and still dealing with it, you know? And, you know, even before COVID, how did you keep your threat bucket low? I think that for me, it's about prayer. It's about starting um, starting off with a devotional, remembering what my purpose is for that day. It's great. It's important to start our day off well-grounded. And I'm glad that you you found that resource for yourself to help you get focused, you know, because I'm sure it's got to be overwhelming some days, you know, you think about the commute and you think about you know, the toddlers in your group, and I'm sure that there are some that are probably more challenging than others and stuff like it, it would be easy to get overwhelmed, you know, before you even get in the car or before you even get dressed. Exactly. Oh, that's great. So what would you say you motivated to, to press on, to keep pressing play, to plug into the MS gym? What, what is it? You know, we talk about, you know, motivation. We talk about, you know, what's your why? Like, why do you do these things? Why is it important to you to to be active, to be to be mobile, to you know, to be able to engage in life? 
Mm -hmm. I think that what keeps me motivated just seems to be um, repetition and focus. It's almost just, you know, I feel so good when my body feels good. Um, and it, and it's just becoming, it's like almost like this drug of, you know, that's habit forming. Um, you know, especially again, like when you see and feel the results, um, even if they're just for that moment, if we stay focused on what sort of the prize is at that moment, um, my kids and my husband are my why. Um, my oldest son, who's 32, and I want to start crying. <laughs> he, um, he gave me this card once. And he said to me, you're the strongest woman I know. And for, uh, for a boy to even like suggest any kind of like feelings kind of like just blew me away. And, um, you never know, you know, how you're going to be some sort of like role model to somebody. So I was totally surprised when I got that card, but it really is, um, you you really do um make an impression on you know the people around you so sorry for that <laughs> no apologies Kelly, Kelly. <sighs> wonderful to to hear your heart and <sighs> you know i always say in the ms gym to your tears are welcome because that's part of life ms is hard and you know tears can be can be hard moments but they can also be happy moments and you know that you know, that moment, just like you making the cookies mm -hmm. with your grandson will stick in your head. Obviously, that moment reading that card, and I don't know how long ago you got that card, but I think it was just a couple of months ago. Oh, was it? That's, that's yeah. Incredible. You know, especially you said as a, you know, as your son, as a male, but, you know, as a grown adult to recognize that in you. And obviously, you know, it wasn't a static moment. Obviously, you know, he's 32. He's been watching you all along. Right. You know, since he was five or eight or whatever, when you were, yeah. dead, you know, and, and you've been, you know, that's been like your testimony to him. Maybe it hasn't been in words, but he's seen you, you know, fighting the good fight and, right. you know, that's incredible. And so it actually ties into my next question. So, you know, the next question is say, what do you want your grandsons to say about you when you're older? I think that if you ask them, oh, you know, where's nanny? today they would like totally say oh she's probably in the gym um working out but i mean they've worked out with me they've worked out with trevor and they've you know i've introduced them to my buddy group so you know when we've done a workout and i really hope that without an explanation or teaching them what ms is or talking about it i would hope that my grandkids would um would grow up to be compassionate and empathetic. And, you know, if they saw somebody struggling with like, you know, a package in their hands and trying to, you know, get to the door, um, I would hope that they would have the ability to help others out in that way. And I have, I have no doubt they'd be like that, Kelly, because, you know, obviously it's a podcast and, 
you know, this might be your first time hearing the name Kelly O'Connell, but I've got to know her over the last three and a half years. And everyone, whether it's a Zoom meeting or a messenger call, everyone talks about you, Kelly, and about the light that you exude. And I, I genuinely mean that. You have left such an impression on so many people. And, you know, I feel so blessed that I am one of those people because I have the utmost respect for you. And, and I have no doubt that the people in your family have that in a million times more because you know you're your blood and you're their nana or you're their mom or you're their wife so what what would you say to other ms gymers that are trying to to balance this out whether it's family work exercise you know there can be so many different dynamics you know, mm -hmm. that are hard for, you know, the average person, let alone with health challenges. So what, what kind of things would you tell them to do to, to form a schedule or a plan? I want to say that no matter how hard it is or how you feel at the time, I feel that, you know, you have to dig deep because, you know, you are worth healing. It's important to tweak things um, so that, you know, you do come first with exercise because you are the most number one person out there. If you can't take care of yourself, how can you take care of others? When I read the victories, um, in the, uh, MS gym, I am so happy. I'm like doing this happy dance for you. And when I read the struggles, you know, the struggles of sadness, I have tears for everybody in the MS gym. What is it that kind of you struggle with the most or what, what is the hardest thing for you on track? I think that the biggest struggle for me is probably because, like I said, that I walk with a limp. I would say my, my appearance when I'm at work, if there are parents there, um, that's sort of like, don't know who I am. Um, and they see, you know, this person walking. Um, I would say that that would be my biggest struggle. You know, I've had in the past waited for, um, for parents to like leave the parking lot until then, you know, I would, um, make an appearance and that, but recently I've decided, you know what? I feel like this is who I am. Um, and, you know, my acceptance of about the way that I walk is, um, I can't change that fact. And, you know, just, I think before we had a, um, we had a zoom meeting, um, with my new parents, um, this year. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to come out and be transparent because that's really who I am. Um, and I said to them, um, you know, we had to introduce ourselves and say a little bit about this. And I said, you know what, you guys, to take the guesswork out of why I walk the way I walk, I said, and I told them, I said, I have MS. I said, and your children are keeping me out of a wheelchair. So I feel that acceptance for m the way that my body is, you know, it doesn't change the fact of who I am just because, you know, I have that sort of like, you know, wonky walk. 
Oh, Kelly, that that really is something beautiful to hear because I know that's part of the mental dialogue. You know, any of us with mobility challenges, whether it is, you know, using a walker or a wheelchair or or like you said, having a little bit of a hitch in your giddy up. <laughs> you know, we're we're yeah. still we're always thinking about, you know, what other people are gonna think of us. Yes. And I'm sure that you uh choosing to you know, disclose your, your information to those parents. I'm sure that actually emptied your threat bucket. I'm sure. Yes, it definitely I'm did. Sure you had a lot of freedom in that because I can just imagine you like hanging out after hours to wait till all the parents left the parking lot, like how much that would have filled up your threat bucket and just, and just the lies and, and the, the fear that would have gotten into your head at that point thing. Oh, what are they going to say and stuff? But yeah. by, by being transparent, you know, and even what you said, you know, your kids are keeping me out of a wheelchair like that. That is so beautiful. And that is so empowering. It's hard. Like life is hard for anyone. But with with, you know, having a a chronic illness, it it adds an extra dimension to that. And so people look on with this. We think they're looking on in judgment, but they're looking on in admiration. So I'm glad yeah. you've been able to have that, you know, that transformation in your in your own you know, your own heart and your own mind about how people see you. Is there anything else that you'd, you know, like to share your, your final comment, your final send off? I probably would uh, piggyback on the whole struggle thing. Um, You know, if you are having a bad day, and if you don't like the way that, you know, you move that day, just think about this. Think about what you can do as opposed to what you can't do. If I'm in my car at the end of the day and I think about, I think about all the lies that could go on and, you know, I feel like we have to think about what we did that day. You know, I made it through the day as opposed to thinking what I could have done better. And instead of that, think about what you did and what you can do. And, and so what it doesn't look so graceful and like, you know, we're not balancing like a ballerina, but you know what? We did it and you can too. That's great, Kelly. That is, that is a great uh, end to our discussion. Um, Thank you again, Kelly. Um, So much great insight. And I know our listeners are going to love hearing from you. And, you know, I love having all these different topics you know, just kind of about living life with, you know, with MS and, and working or having kids, like all these things are so important to us. So I'm so glad you agreed to to talk with me today. And I wish you all the best. And I look forward to hearing more and more from you. Thank you so much, Jody. It was good talking to you too. Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS gym? You can check us out at the msgym.com.